I think I was thinking I could hire people to work for me in the digital agency, but then I didn't really think about how much money a quarter of a million pounds would be until I was actually faced with the question. I don't think I really. I remember, if not me, then who's the sort of person they're looking for? Because I was someone who was actively trying to start a business. I've been working for myself around my full-time job. I worked nine till five, went home, went gym, worked till two in the morning every day. So I was the person, but I was just like, I still didn't expect to, to get through those those rounds and, and get through to the finals, interview stages or anything like that. I was surrounded by a lot of people who would dress a lot of smarter than me sound a lot smarter than me so yeah for for me i didn't really expect i don't think i really expected to get through the, the interview stages i think i just thought oh i'll give it a go i tried saying yes to everything i was trying to get involved in all new experiences yeah um i still do that now but like yeah back then i thought why not like what what's what's to lose everything to gain Thank you so much for clicking on this episode of Millennial Entrepreneur. The ambition of the podcast is to show relatable stories from young entrepreneurs doing some incredible things to inspire the next generation, including you listening wherever you are. We've been doing this podcast for over three years and the ambition has not changed. The only thing that has changed is the scale of where we want to go. We want to bring on bigger guests for you guys to show more and more relatable and inspiring stories from young entrepreneurs across the world. The majority of you guys listening haven't subscribed to the podcast yet. All you have to do is click that subscribe button wherever you're listening on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and now allow us to bring on bigger guests and ask the questions to them that you really want to hear. And it really is that simple. So thank you again for clicking on the podcast and enjoy the episode. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good, buddy. How are you today? Yeah, very well. Thank you. I know you had a very busy day, um, grinding away and uh, very, very glad to make time to get you on the podcast. So I would love to talk about so many different things. I know, uh, obviously, the elephant in the room is you were in The Apprentice a few years ago, and that's obviously like where a lot of people would know you from. Um, but I would love to dig a bit deeper into your earlier life. So you, you mentioned that you're a unorthodox entrepreneur. I'd love to dig deeper into sort of like how that actually started when you were younger. To be honest, buddy, I I've always wanted to run something for myself. I'd already I was already looking at people who are running their own businesses, um, and for me, I thought this could be a path that's interesting you know um i'd met some successful entrepreneurs whilst working abroad those guys got the idea in my head that i could go out and find a way to do it myself so for me yeah i decided i wanted to start a business um not really that young probably about 20 24 20 23 i was at the time that's not right sorry i would have been at 20 actually because i went to uni at 21 and then I went back to university and studied business. Yeah, so twenty, around twenty years old. Well, how come? How come you started around that sort of age and not and not younger? I guess um, because I'd yeah. never really been around uh, business owners. Didn't really know it was a thing. Never really met anyone that ran their own business. Um, so yeah, and in, I remember in school there being entrepreneurship courses uh, and like extracurricular things that I took. Uh, I got involved in, but they didn't really teach me anything. They didn't really uh inspire people to be business owners i don't even think they really understood what they were doing the 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 teachers at school were in those courses so even though i'd been involved in some bits and pieces around my my school work i still didn't really know that business was a, an op- option that you could really start your own business um mm. i remember hearing about someone running their own business when i was like um, 20 no, sorry 19 um i'd come back to the uk and my friend uh, her cousin was running a business and I was like, that sounds pretty cool. So he just works for himself. And mm. that was really weird to me. I'd never heard of that before, which sounds mad really, but just didn't didn't ever come across my radar. So that was the, the turning point, I guess, for you to realize that there isn't really, you know, there can be something outside of that linear career path and you can like actually start your own thing. When, when I was abroad, I'd met some uh, business owners that were on holiday and I was working as a rep and I was hanging around with those guys uh, quite a lot of the time. 
And uh, they were basically saying to me, yeah, you know, you could do this. You can go and start a business. And I was like, holy shit, I never really thought about that. It's mental to think back that you don't know what you don't know. And at the time, I just didn't know that that was an option. Um, just never being part of my world, which is crazy. When some kids grow yeah. up with their parents running their own business, it's normal to them. It's normal to me now. It's normal to everyone that I speak to now. But yet I know there'll be thousands of people out there that still don't realize that it's an option. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's certainly been like glamorized, I guess, like in certain, um, like more so than a few years ago, I would say like running your own business and doing your own thing. Like obviously social media plays a massive role in that. And obviously like the TV shows that you were a part of. So do you think that's like a, a net positive? Do you think that's a good thing? Like overall? I think it's a good thing. I think it's also, it, it's a good thing in the sense that it opens people's eyes up to it. Um, at, the same, at the same time, I think it could be quite a bad thing because it almost, yeah. um, I don't think everyone is supposed to run their own business. I don't think that's the way the world is. I think a lot of people can, but I don't think everyone's supposed to. Not everyone's supposed to be um, lacking sleep all the time and working for themselves. I think we, the problem is that it, it makes it look like anyone can do it and that it's easy. Um, and and that, that sets unrealistic expectations for a lot of people. Um, mm. And it also, I think a lot of uh, young ones these days, they seem to think for some reason it's, it's cool. Like it's cool to run your own business or whatever. And it's just... I don't think that's how I ever perceived it. And I think it's a bit weird now that people do perceive it to be like a cool thing. It's almost like yeah. people want to be a YouTuber. I want to be a business owner. And so it becomes a lot more just pretending and blagging than anything, um, which is you, you see that quite a lot at the moment. But um, mm. I still think it's a positive because it helps people who are, are the right person and are the person that's, you know, gone, oh, actually, this could be an option for me. And then they've actually taken it seriously and they've started knuckling down. Those are the ones that are. are are actually benefiting from the new reach, I guess, and all this glamorized uh, attention. Yeah. And that's, that's my issue with, I guess, like the glamorization is that it, it really paints the the picture that anyone can do it. And it paints the picture that, which, which is true in a lot of, you know, but it, it does set unrealistic expectations. Right. So it sets people up for, for failure and, um, and then, you know, anxiety as well, like mental health issues, um, especially when you're young and running a business. So, a big thing of why we started the podcast was exactly for that reason to show the realistic stories of, of people like yourselves. Um, so tell me, Lewis, where did where did the apprentice come in your journey? Um, for me, I was uh, working full time, uh, gone through uni, got a master's degree, and I was working my way up through the ranks in marketing. I'd started uh, doing a bit of freelance work around my full time job, um, and then after a couple of years. Uh, I saw something um, in my inbox. It was like the apprentice is like looking for new people. My emails, for some reason, I can't remember why. I must have signed up for a notification. And I was like, well, actually, I've been freelancing for a few years now. You know, um, I've got invoices that prove that I've been charging people money and I've been actually doing the work. And, um, you know, I've got output, which is like websites have been built and um, client reviews and all that sort of stuff. So I thought, actually, maybe it's right time now. I have the experience and knowledge and I have been doing it for myself to, to try and, uh, and go for uh, starting my own business. Cause I, I still at this point thought you needed quite a lot of cash to start a serious business. So for me, it was about, okay, maybe I can get some investment and actually start a real business. Um, so yeah, that's kind of why I applied. Um, hmm. mm. And I guess uh, we have had people from the apprentice on the podcast before, not, not a ton. Um, but I guess uh, as a bit of behind the scenes, like, do you mind like spilling a bit of, of info around that? You must have done it already loads, but just uh, a bit of a bit of detail. Um, I can't really remember much. I remember that um, when you apply, you know, you go to 
multiple rounds of uh, of interview stages. Um, my first interview stage, I actually didn't. Um, I, I was going to go in there with a, a digital marketing agency, which is what I run now, obviously. Um, but back then, I was going to go in there with that idea, and I actually only changed it when uh, they asked me the question, "What would you do if you won two hundred fifty thousand to invest in your business?" And I was like, "Well, I wouldn't." need it for marketing because i can run a marketing agency without that i actually do my travel mm. company um so i mean i remember having to go in and they said well you can't apply unless you've got a business plan for it and my business plan was related to digital marketing so i went away and in the two weeks that i had uh, between then and the, the final interview stage i had written a business plan for a travel company so yeah um I guess you don't need to go in there with a plan. I didn't. I didn't really have a plan. I just knew I wanted to start a business. And when they asked me the question, I was like, "Oh, well, travel is what I would use that money for." Because I thought that's where you needed to, needed to have cash. For you applying, what was the sort of like motivation? Was it because you thought you know you needed a lot, a ton of money in order to start a business? But if you went in with the you know the digital marketing business, then obviously was it more like a personal sort of like learning experience? I think I was thinking I could hire people to work for me in the digital agency, but then I didn't really think about how much money quarter of a million pounds would be i remember being like if not me then who's the sort of person they're looking for because i was someone who was actively trying to start a business i've been working for myself or i'm a full-time job i worked nine till five went home went gym worked till two in the morning every day um so i was the person but i was just like i still didn't expect to, to get through those those rounds and, and get through to the finals uh interview stages mm. or anything like that i was surrounded by a lot of people who were dressed a lot smarter than me sound a lot smarter than me so yeah, for, for me, I didn't really expect, I don't think I really expected to get through the the interview mm. stages. I think I just thought, oh, I'll give it a go. I tried saying yes to everything. I was trying to get involved in all new experiences. Yeah. Um, I still do that now, but like, yeah, back then I thought, why not? Like, what what's, what's to lose? Everything's a game. And how was it actually sort of day-to-day on, on the actual TV show? Um, I can't really remember, to be honest, mate. It was like five years ago, four years ago. Um, I remember we were locked inside quite a long time. We couldn't really get get out much. It was a bit like uh, every day was a new challenge, or every day was something you'd never done before. So it was quite exciting in that sense. No, that's all good. Um, and then, so talking about your new business, so your your business hustle. Um, when did that come into to, to? So it was after the Apprentice. It was it was during the COVID time, right? Yeah. So hustle was started because I had lost my job because of uh, COVID. You know, I was starting a travel company and uh, I had a full time job as a marketing. Uh, director had just taken a new role, decent salary would pay for me to start my business basically. Um, and then when COVID came along, travel couldn't do anything with that. And then a few months later, I ended up losing my job because the company I was working for was quite new. Um, and I thought, well, my options are, um, you know, well, there's no options for me. I couldn't get furlough because the previous employer wouldn't put me on furlough and the new one couldn't do that. Um, and there was no sort of like funding available to sort of help. Uh, no one was hiring. So I just thought, well, I've been freelancing before. I could probably pick up some clients again. I just thought I'll get some clients and survive. And then it obviously went on for quite a long time. It was a couple of years. And each year I would just thought, we'll keep going. I always thought if it runs, if I run out of cash, I'll just go and get a basic job somewhere, you know, just doing anything really. I didn't give a fuck. Um, and then it sort of grew year on year. Um, first year did really well second year calmed down a little bit and then this year it's picked up again so um yeah i've got i've got it's going to continue growing which is interesting it wasn't really my plan wasn't really to keep it going it was to survive covid but now i'm like well actually we've got an interesting brand we've got an interesting business we've got a lot of experience and a lot of projects that we've completed so why not take this up to the next level everyone says that it's different to anything they've seen before 
Um, so I guess now my, my, my thought process is why not build this? This, this is a business, you know, um, a couple of years ago, someone said to me one in 10, you know, I think it's like one in 10 businesses are like actually a decent idea and, and, and actually get attention. Hustle gets attention and it's a very unique idea. It might be marketing, but there's no one really that's anything like us. So there's, there's new marketing agencies springing up every day, right? Like, so I guess, what does the word unorthodox mean for you? And like, why is, why is uh, hustle different in this, in this environment? Yeah. So you're right. There's lots of marketing agencies springing up. Um, I would urge anyone, by the way, who's thinking about working with a marketing agency to look at who is running it and why they believe that they have the experience. So first off, look at people's experience. Um, my experience was that I'd spent, you know, eight years working in house. I'd got a degree in it and a master's degree in it. Um, and I'd noticed as I'm going through the ranks that everything was quite safe. Everything was quite boring. Um, whenever I was in a meeting um, and I came up with a crazy idea, it was always sort of like championed. And I was coming up with these little strategies that were just, I was like, whoa, that's quite weird. I've never, we've never done that before. And then I'd do something uh, and it would perform really well. Or I'd come up with these ideas or an advert or whatever, and they'd perform really well. We'd get loads more sales. And this was when I was working for the businesses. When I started working at agencies, you know, the, the salespeople would take me with them to sell to their clients because I was really passionate about marketing. I was really excited about it and I enjoyed coming up with ideas. Um, and the sales guys didn't know what they were talking about in that sense. Uh, they, they just knew how to sell. They didn't know what, what they were selling or how, how to fix people's businesses. So I sort of applied those learnings to my business and went, well, if everyone's doing it this way, I'm going to do it this way. You know, I understand that marketing is supposed to stand out. It's supposed to be unique. It's supposed to make people stop, stare, pay attention and go, wow, this is awesome. But nine times out of 10, the marketing agencies and the marketing departments just don't provide that, right? I mean, it's probably more than that, you know? I very rarely see a marketing advert on TV or hear something on the radio or see a billboard and go, fucking, that's awesome. Very, very rarely. The only times I see things that I even now that I think, that's awesome. I think that's awesome, dog squeaking. I think that's awesome. Um, it's when it might be a social media piece of content that's just gone viral because it's really interesting and engaging it might have been an advert at the time it might have been uh, a campaign but it's really really well done and it goes viral because it's actually awesome it's really funny or whatever that's the cool marketing but it's so rare you never see it so i thought what if my marketing agency would always consistently and every time try to do amazing and wonderful things new things different things try tactics we've never done before every single time we talk to a client we always pitch completely different ideas we never do the same thing twice um now obviously we run people's marketing departments for them which is generating content and all that sort of stuff so the tactics are the same but it's the type of content's different or the style of content or the way in which we create the videos or the ideas behind them or when it comes to experiential campaigns you know we'll sit with the client and go here's 10 ideas that we think might be awesome and every time we sit with a client here's 10 new ideas none of them are referencing the previous ideas like they're always completely new and different and and i think that's the only way you can be creative you can't most agencies what they do right now is they rest on their laurels if you spoke to most of them they probably do the same shit with every customer over and over and over again yeah they play it extremely safe well why yeah. would they change because that's what they know they do it well they've done it loads of times before they've had great results for clients cool but does that provide inspired creative campaigns and exciting marketing or is it just the same shit with a different 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 sort of uh, uh cloak over it and i think nine times out of ten that's the way it runs there are some exceptions there are some agencies that do some great stuff i mean it's very hard to find i know this because when i'm looking for inspiration i'll constantly look through campaigns around the world to see what i can find that i think wow that's amazing and it's very hard to find that um yeah 
Um, and I would challenge anyone, by the way, who hears this to actually go on the internet and find a campaign that they've seen that an experiential marketing campaign or a disruptive guerrilla marketing campaign that is absolutely amazing. And they think, wow, that's so cool. Or, How the hell did they come up with that? Um, and if you try and find them, you, you will really struggle. But they shouldn't because marketers are supposed to do that. Our agents are the thousands of them. You've just said it yourself. There's thousands of us. So why is it so hard to find those exciting, amazing pieces of work? It's because mm. most of the time what they produce is dog shit. So my agency, unorthodox, means being uh, uh, abnormal, being different, not conforming to the yeah. way they do things. I don't care about winning these bullshit awards that tell me that I'm, I've got the biggest, best creative penis in the world. I don't care. It's irrelevant. Um, whilst those guys are distracted doing all that stuff over there, I'm actually looking for the next thing, the most exciting thing, the creative thing, the thing that makes me innately feel proud you know like um, yeah. that i can show i mean i show my campaigns to my clients like today i went into a client office and they went oh Lewis, we saw the advert you made for that company in very like and it's only down the road but they've seen it and so we're talking about that and and i think that's exciting when when things stand out yeah. to that you people know oh that must be lewis's thing or that must be hustle's thing that's what i enjoy would you mind providing like one cool example of like story just so people can like visualize this more yeah, so like, let's try and think of a, a cool campaign that I've been looking at recently. Um, I can't tell you the stuff that I'm working on because the idea is they're supposed to be kept quiet. Um, Maybe one from the like the previous clients. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, we'll talk about the advert we've just made for. So we're working with a local skip company. I hear. Okay. Here's the beauty in this, right? So this is a skip company that no one gives a toss about. I mean, why would you? They make they they rent skips. Um, yeah. No one really cares where they get a skip from. They just want a cheap skip. If they're builders, they want to skip. If they're yeah. a homeowner destroying the house and they can't be asked driving to the, oops, can't bother driving to the tip, they'll get a skip. So no one really cares. You just Google it and you look, or you put it on your Facebook and people recommend it. So we got this guy who uh, he lives in, and he serves a small area, 25 miles around Bury. Um, so we thought, well, what if we make him the most well-known skip company in in that area? Like, what if people thought he was that funny, that creative? Uh, that anytime when someone needed a skip, there's only one company that they can think of. Um, mm. So that's what we've been doing with them. We do these adverts and we make them so weird and wonderful. Um, and we do them creatively so that they get press, so that they get attention, so that they go viral, so that everyone talks about Are these like billboard, billboard ads? No, these are like just uh, social ads. Oh, um, social ads. Okay, cool. So this last one we did was, I mean, if you get a chance to check it out, they're called M60 yeah. Skip Hire. Um, go on their Facebook, you'll see the advert. And, uh, you know, it starts off, it's like, um mtv cribs and then he introduces his skip yard and all the shit vehicles you know he shows you around he's like he's called tyson so he's a play on the mike tyson tyson thing and like mike tyson's got a lion our tyson's got a donkey we walk a donkey around and then it goes to a goat and then the goat's walking around and then it goes to guys in mankinis running across the yard and then it's like swimming we turn one of the skips into a massive swimming pool um, and then that went in the press, you know, it was like local skip company creates a huge swimming pool. We had a DJ, yeah, we had yeah. a bongo drummer, we had girls dancing in bikinis and, uh, and this is for a, a skip company. And the thing is we, we were given the brand a personality. And now we could have just done an advert, which says, you know, looking for a skip, here's a, here's a skip that's low cost, cheap, reliable, whatever. Mm. But instead we just did this wild ass Ibiza style party, filmed it, um, with loads of other stuff, like I said, animals and crazy crazy things people on the toilet trying to use the toilet and then walking in and people running around in mankinis with balls out and just crazy stuff and then we run it as an advert but everyone remembers it that advert is performing i think on average i think it's something like between three and five percent click-through rate is supposed to be good on social depends where you look but that's kind of like the average i was looking at i think at the moment ours is doing like 16 17 percent click-through rate wow. which is like 
I mean, what, I don't know, like 10, 10 times higher than we expected. Yeah. I think 1% is average, 3 to 5 is good. You know, 16, 17% is ridiculous. Um, and it's because people are watching it as content and they're clicking through to, to find out more about this mm. skip company. And I reiterate the fact it's a skip company because who gives a shit about a skip company? Yeah, Why that's, would... that's what I liked about the example that you gave is that skips are just like so boring, exactly. right? There's no, yeah. That's, that's a really good example that you made. So that's, I mean, that's one from our campaigns, but there is all sorts of great stuff out in the world. Um, i trying to think of some, I love, I love stuff gone wrong, you know, like things where it looks like it's a mistake, but it's not a mistake. Like um, there was this cool campaign abroad where in, in America, where, what the fuck is it called? It's like Kool-Aid. I think it's called Kool-Aid, something like that. So this drink and they, they basically made a frozen, huge um, frozen popsicle out of their drink. I'm sure it was called Kool-Aid. Anyway, um, and they put it in a lorry and they drive it to the city center and they're going to put this massive lollipop up in the, in the city center and it's going to be like an attraction and it's for frozen ice, ice lolly. Obviously, it's really, really warm. So it goes in the lorry, melts in the lorry and as they open the back of the truck, all this war, all this like, liquid pours mm. out into the street. The whole street's full of Kool-Aid. I'm going to Google this if it's Kool-Aid. Anyway, long story short is um, it gets way more attention because this thing went, so it went wrong, wrong, yeah, and it, it like wrong, spilled yeah. out everywhere, and it was all over the press, and it was all in the newspapers, and they were like, "Oh, it was an accident, but it means to do it." Of course, they meant to do it. They meant to spill that lollipop juice everywhere because it was going to get press, it was going to get attention. Mm. It was funny as hell. Like the, the doors open, everyone expects an ice pot, ice pot there, um, and it went everywhere. Uh, yeah. A question I have, Lewis, is that, so yeah, these all sound fantastic. And I guess a lot of people are listening, they uh, either have their own businesses or think about selling their own businesses and using these different strategies. And, and the skip example you used was a very good one because it showed that sort of any company can use, use these sort of like creative, disruptive, I guess, um, against the grain sort of marketing tactics. I guess um, for new businesses or ones that are established with like maybe lower budgets where they can't hire an agency, What's the sort of like way of executing on a, a strategy like this? Like, how do you come up with an idea like that? How do you, how do you, and then how do you execute? Um, firstly, it was a 25 foot Snapple juice. There you go, Snapple. Snapple. Have a look at it. There we go. Um, how, how do you execute this? Um, or how do you come up with it? Well, do you know what? This is interesting. So I found now that clients will ring us up and say, um, we've got a party in two weeks and we want to celebrate our 10th birthday. We are a hotel. What what would you come up with? And I'll go and meet them, sit down and get all the information I need to get. Um, and as they're talking, sometimes um, ideas will just come to me. I'll be like, oh shit, that'd be so funny. Or rah, rah, rah. So I'll start jotting notes down immediately from the moment I hear it. Because I feel like a lot of the creativity is when you're not even trying, right? Have you ever got mm. writer's block and you sit there trying to do something you can't do? And you have a shower and you come, you come out of the shower and you're like, holy shit, that's a mint idea. Yeah, yeah. So like my brain works like that. So as they're talking to me, I'm listening, I'm sort of soaking up information. I start jotting notes down from the very get-go. Sometimes some of the best ideas I have are like in that moment, there and then. I'm like, whoa, this would be well funny. And I, I can't, I, I got to try and not tell the client because I want to, I want to make it look like I've done loads of work. Um, so I keep it secret until I actually do that. And this took hours to come up with. Um, but some of the ideas, I don't know, right? So I had this process where, I'd seen this campaign, uh, Coca-Cola uh, wrapped. It was like a, it was a concept. So it was like a, a bus wrapped in Coca-Cola, and every time the bus stops, it goes, and it was like that mm. sound when you open a can of Coke, and that was the campaign. And I was like, how the fuck did someone come up with that? And I thought to myself, well, the only way they can come up with that is they must be looking at this holistically, objectively. So, for example, let's take hotel. Hotel. What does it sound like? What does it smell like? What does it taste like? What color is it? What is it? You know, mm. what emotions are attached to it? What What do you feel like? What's, do you know what I mean? Like, what do people take there? So 
I, I start going through senses, smell, sight, sound, taste, and, and thinking almost backwards on the campaign. So I'm like, okay, so like suitcases, suitcases are hard to drag and like, right, right. so could we do something to be like, when they turn up at the hotel, we have a reindeer with a sledge and it takes a look at it. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like that sort of stuff. Mm. And, and it, I almost try and think creatively. So I don't start with the problem. I try and start with the association to the thing. Uh, and from that, you know, like we're doing one for Halloween right now and um, the rum brand, I won't tell you which one it is, but it's like really well known. I'm like, oh, it's Halloween. So it's got to be like, it's got to be scary related, right? And it's going to be, mm. it's going to match the theme of the holiday, but it's also going to match the theme of the pro- the, the products. And in this case, a, a bar as well. And like, how do we integrate that? So I start working around like, okay, well, where would this thing be? What location? where in the world what part of history and then you can get quite clever because you're not thinking um rum and it has to be halloween so it's scary rum like you don't think like that you're thinking well the bottle is shaped like this so how would that work or oh, it's made in this country it's like made in italy so what's italian that links to that and what's scary in italy do you know what i mean so yeah that's how i, I think guess, of stuff i guess digging deeper and questioning things that were kind of already like assumptions yeah i think well i think the smartest campaigns are when you do stuff that links really well and it was totally unexpected. And people go like, shit, that's quite clever. Mm. Um, that's how I sort of approach it. Like I said, sometimes the ideas just come to me immediately, like immediately within the minutes. Um, sometimes I'll be in the shower and I'll get out and I'll be like, holy shit, I need to write this idea down. Um, sometimes they're wild and they're like just not feasible. And uh, you're like, oh, I'm, doing, I'm always doing a lot of Googling, like looking for, you know, is it legal to, um, can you ride in the back of a truck whilst inside a massive present? Or, you know, is it legal to, roll 3000 golf balls down a hill with dildos and stuff like that like just silly stuff and my my search history is just ridiculous um it's always it always involves things like tanks flamingos dolphins ducks like just and and because they, they start crazy and then you got to get into reality but yeah i'm always like what would catch my attention how does it feel mm. what's the sound what's the smell what's the, what does it taste like like mm. and then and then link to that you know what I mean? Because that's how I figured that that person, that, that bus concept must have... To, the only way you would figure out that the bus sounds like a can opening and have that connection is if you were looking at it holistically and going, what does a can of Coke taste yeah, like? Yeah, those are two things that just don't go together, but like it, it's the creativity that matches them together, they've right? they looked at a can of Coke and they've gone, all right, it tastes sweet, it's got bubbles, yeah. it's brown, it, um, you know, it's, you open it up and it goes, whatever, and they've gone, like, what, And then what else, else sounds like that? Like that. Correct, yeah. and that's where it's yeah. really clever, but actually it's a really simple link if you go through that mm. process. And I'm not saying that is easy once you... That process is just what I do, but like I'm not saying that's easy. You know, uh, once you do that, you might still have fuck all. So you've got to have creativity. You've got to be a bit wild, like in your imagination. You've got to be able to think, oh, you know, outside the box. The thing is, I I, I feel like I was talking about this yesterday. Is I I put all this effort into the marketing ideation, and uh, I don't even think I need to because I know that to beat most people's um, creativity, you don't really need that much effort. Um, do you think? Yeah, I really don't think you do. Like, look at some of the big agencies. Look at some of their portfolios. Like, they're just crap. Like, the same boring stuff. Even John Lewis just does the same boring advert they spend millions on every year making for Christmas. It's not really interesting. You probably guess what the next one's going to be about. Like, the last one was about, um, what was it, the kid and the go-karts. And the one before that was the man on the moon or whatever. Like, they're always going to try and make you cry. They're always going to try and make it emotional. Um, they're always going to spend a shitload of money doing an advert. Like, they, they don't change it up. Um I don't know, like, yeah, that's just my opinion. 
like Sky, let's take Skybox, you know, the Sky channels. Mm. They always have yeah. the same shit things in a shopping center with the same shit people with the same shit notepads trying to sell you the same shit thing. Everywhere you go in every shopping center, I don't know if it's there anymore, but like that's how it just how no, it, is. it is. That's their I'm marketing. They've been doing it for years. They pay some company a shitload of money to make those stands for them, do the print, hire the staff, run the data, probably do the email marketing follow up. And it, it doesn't generate fuck all. In fact, I could, you, you could probably walk through most city centers and avoid most of those stalls. Um, you go to these exhibitions, like um, like a car exhibition, like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds to build these stands. And then like, it's just it's boring. Um, and it's amazing like how many brands just pour the same money into the same boring companies with the same lack of imagination. Um, which is why I call myself an orthodox because if I ever end up working that way, I'll quit marketing. I'll just go and do something else because mm. like how uninspired, like how can you, like are you really excited by what you're doing? Because like I find mine really exciting. Like, I forget to eat on the day of campaigns. I forget to sleep. Yeah. I'm out all day. Like last time it was pissing rain, 12 hours, freezing cold, didn't care, forgot to eat. And at the end of the day, I was like, wow, that was a mint day. Like I didn't get that same feeling when I worked for other companies. I just didn't get that. This is amazing. Yeah, I completely, I completely see that. And I, I do agree with you that I think like the majority of companies aren't creative at all. And then, so when in, in an environment where, you know, it was told that we're like hyper competitive, you don't have to be that creative in order to like outperform a lot of these guys when it comes to, you know, building brand or building some sort of a story around what you're trying to do. Um, as an example of what I, so I, I was in the, well, I am still in the NFT space. And when I was with my previous company, uh, our whole mission was to try, try to create like more accessible NFTs because um, like people weren't really doing that. And so I was thinking like, what's the most accessible way of buying anything? And I thought, you know, a vending machine. So we created Europe's first ever NFT vending machine, which isn't like not been done before, right? So, and that created a, a ton of press and it, you know, generated about $4,000 worth of revenue from people actually just buying them from the vending machine. We got loads of like partners involved. And it was like one of these things where, you know, a lot of people heard about us just through just through that um and it was like fairly easy to to like pull off um didn't didn't actually require that much money um but it's just more of the idea and the story so yeah i completely agree with you there and uh i i think yeah it's it's kind of taking a zoom out zooming out and kind of like viewing things holistically i think is, is the strength um but yeah lewis loved having you on the podcast how can people stay in touch with you and what you're doing um to be honest mate i always say to people linkedin is a great way to get hold of me you find me that way um uh, i don't know i check everything really like i've got this unhealthy obsession with checking all my socials constantly it's like people think i don't see stuff i see everything i just if someone's an asshole i just won't reply um so like linkedin facebook instagram anything really my name on it youtube you can write a comment on my myspace profile from when i was 16 i'll still find it so yeah just anyone wants to get hold of me just lewis ellis find me um but yeah, if anyone in marketing um, or is anyone, if anyone's growing a business and they want some help or advice on how to how to make themselves stand out, how to be unique, and just how not to fall foul of the same miserable, boring marketing as everyone else, just give me a shout. We're more than happy to help. Um, but yeah, man, that's it. All right, fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Lewis, for coming coming on the podcast, and uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll see you very soon. Thank you. I appreciate it, buddy.